Welcome to NPNY Radio, where all the podcasts love you in New York. You can email us at radio at npny.org or find us on the web at npny.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes. I'm Emil Dave, and I'm here with Derek Kelly, the founder of NPNY, Zahir Ali, Andrew Stanger, and of course, our resident Angry Prince fan, Richard Kraheli. We're currently working on putting together a detailed Welcome to America tour podcast, which we expect to release in early January. In the meantime, here's a special episode focusing on Prince's latest album, 2010, and music distribution. If you like what you hear, or if you have suggestions for us, please email us at radio at npny.org. talk about the 2010 album this was released in in europe not too long ago on a, it was attached to a newspaper um, a lot of us were able to get a copy I actually got mine on ebay some of you guys had friends that bought copies of the paper and actually have the physical paper there but so let's talk about this album um i we're really interested in emil's perspective of this how this was released and you know is this something that you see, feel is going to be a trend going forward we've already seen this kind of twice with prints uh, I don't know if that will necessarily something that would fly in New York, maybe attached to Rolling Stone to boost yeah. Rolling Stones. Well, I certainly think, I mean, I think it's obvious that at least physical sales of albums are going down. Um, I think that what's interesting is like, you know, when they poll kids and they ask kids in, in school, um, in high school, teenagers, um, when they ask them, what is, you know, your what is the one thing? That you love the most you know and it it's always in these kind of polls is like free music you know so i think uh and zaire you mentioned you know prince kind of revealed in that interview when he said it, the internet is dead he was kind of talking about the distribution of music mm-hmm. internet as a distribute distributor of music and i think i think ultimately the music industry need will come back you know it's definitely going down right now mm-hmm. i think either you're making a million dollars or one dollar there's really no in between mm-hmm. you know how we have big artists that that can't even sell more than like twenty thousand copies anymore um i think giving away music for free is definitely um you know a viable option right now if you can make money from touring and you know uh, ultimately, like, yeah, I don't know what it means to Prince to give this album away, but probably judging by, you know, his sales on Lotus Flower and how that whole thing is working out for him um, and Planet Earth, you I know. I would love to just do a whole thing about Lotus Flower because I just didn't understand anything about how that was marketed and promoted or not yeah. promoted at all. Yeah. You know, so you see, this is something completely different. There was a lead in, it was released, yeah. you know, there was no promotion afterwards, like any of prince's previous albums but it got out there there was enough copies that went into circulation people made money from this yeah yeah and i think that's i mean uh, you know we say giveaway we know that prince himself didn't give away the mm. album he got right. paid a licensing fee right um by each of these publications i think one was one or one was in england maybe one was two were in england germany or france whatever mm-hmm. the publications were they paid him some kind of licensing fee um I mean, we can speculate upwards in the millions, maybe, or at least Mm -hmm. half a million of pounds or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he got paid Mm -hmm. up front. Yeah. And um, let me just say that that's no different than an artist that like uh, uh, even like um, I mean, Jay-Z and Beyonce are bad examples because they probably do sell enough where they they make a profit. But for most artists on Mm -hmm. major labels, it's about the advance. You get an advance. 
and then you really don't see a lot of money unless your album sells, you know, over right. a You have to hit a certain target right. before you start so getting So this way yeah, he gets money. his money up front yeah. Yeah. From, from his perspective. And, you know, it's almost as... And then he gets the music out there. And not that he isn't worried about piracy, but because of piracy, the music drops at the same time. He mm. gets his money. It's almost like it doesn't matter what happens to right. the music afterwards mm. because it's right. out there. Yeah. You know, and it's it's almost like a tacit acknowledgement that yeah. this is going to be copied. Yeah. Because yeah. from from Prince's perspective, it was a financial transaction. He got paid for the music. Mm-hmm. But right. for the user or for the audience perspective, mm-hmm. it was a free C D. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So there's even less um incentive mm-hmm. against sharing it. Yeah. Because yeah. I got it for free. Yeah. Right. Personally. And I think there's it's it's a kind of weird compromise mm-hmm. with with what's happening. But now. this actually works when you think about it because there's no stores that they have to try to get rid of this now. You look at this doing this versus selling it in Target or selling it yeah. as a Best Buy exclusive yeah. or something like that. Best Buy or Target, well let's do use Lotus Flower for example. It was released, they sat with copies, they sold whatever hundred thousand initially up front for the hardcore fans. Then the album actually didn't sell again until right. a year later when it dropped right. to a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Right. And then we saw a chart increase, right. which was right. pretty amazing. Because you never see something like that a year later right. from a, a release right. such as this, even from any artist. Right. So now it's a dollar ninety nine, people are picking this up. This is it's going to be on the cover of the al- of this newspaper or magazine or whatever. You have one chance to get this, and after that, we're not worried about stocking it. We're not worried about right. warehouses or anything. Right. This is right. actually pretty brilliant when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, it is. I mean, and it's a win-win-win because mm-hmm. Prince gets his money. The audience gets free music, in quotes, mm-hmm. for whatever dollar they pay for the publication. And the publication gets increased ad sales because mm-hmm. they all reported increased circulation um, and increased ad sales. And, and, and when he did this with Planet Earth, with the, the paper, um, the, the mail, UK right? paper, the, the mail, mail um, they, they reported an increase in ad sales. So he could actually use that as a basis to go to other publications and saying, hey, if you have me as an add-on, you will increase your ad revenue, justifying the advantage or license mm-hmm. fee that you pay for mm-hmm. me and you know they get they get additional exposure to users so it, it's, it's like a win-win-win mm-hmm. and then of course you know newspaper is a dying medium mm-hmm. um, because so of the internet so they're looking right. for anything mm-hmm. to get get people's get their hands on on these papers so it, it, yeah. it, you know I think a lot of people made mockery as many of the things that Prince does business-wise mm-hmm. isn't clear I think Derek in a conversation you and I had earlier mm-hmm. um, it's it's unclear what Prince is thinking, but mm-hmm. usually a few months or later, yeah. or sometimes even so, years later, it begins to make sense mm-hmm. why he did what he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting to note too that I think because of his legacy and the longevity that he has because of all his past work, I think his future stuff will always sell to some extent. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if it's a small amount, right. ten years from now, twenty years from now, the way that people will collect Jimi Hendrix or the Beatles, people, right. some of these albums will yeah, because they'll be sell, rare at this point right. because yeah, you're not going to be able right. to pick yeah, this exactly, up someplace. Right. It's exactly, going to be right. these are going to be true collectibles at this point. Right. So if right. you don't own it, you know, a few years down the line, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we got from the MPG Music Club, which was right. another interesting way of distributing things. Uh, 
they're rare. You yeah. can't yeah. get this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere yeah. are you going to be able and, to get And you know, it's possible, yeah, 10 years from now, someone will look back on Lotus Flower in, in 2010 and be like, you know, this stuff is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. Lotus Flower definitely had signs of brilliance. I know. The, the, the main, the main now, Lotus Flower. But, yeah. The main was... <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting. Minneapolis sound, not so much. Bria... Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're the positive one here. Yeah, I, I have limits yeah, too. My yeah. positivity has limits. Yeah. Wait, but Bria who? The tambourine player? <laughs> the tambourine player yeah. and the fanner. You oh, know, yeah, so yeah. he sits on a stool with the fan. Okay. Um, the, the interesting thing about 2010, though, I mean, I think Prince, the packaging was cheap, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a cheap cardboard or paper right. insert. Yeah, um, and the songs are really short. Um, yeah. And it leads me to think that there are longer versions of these yeah, songs, which, which, is, which, is the know, which he says. Yeah. So there, there's a sense that he, he it, this is almost like a teaser mm-hmm. album, mm-hmm. um, kind of like rave. Yeah, you rave know that there's a, and yeah. there are rumors, mm-hmm. right, that there's a deluxe version that exists. Well, somewhere. according mm-hmm. to the French radio station that got a new song called "Rich Friends," uh, there is a deluxe version that's apparently going to be released. Uh, in what form, how, where, we don't know yet. You know, there's been a lot of uh, rumors going around that Prince has been talking to WB um, here in New York and also in New York and Europe. So maybe we'll see this. Maybe we'll see different albums. Maybe there is possibly, I'm not going to say this is because he's got this long going feud with WB, but uh, maybe this album will come out in this fashion. Do I want it now? I, will I buy it in retail owning a copy? If it's a deluxe version and there's new songs, longer versions, Obviously, yeah, because this is something more for my collection, and I wasn't really thrilled with this album as a whole as it is. So, to have an enhanced version or a different version will, is a little, a lot more, not even a little, a lot more appealing to me mm-hmm. than just getting what was already released. You didn't think there were some gems? I know Andy. Andy I know, didn't I really was, like this. I was saying too. I mean, I I said too. I said, uh, you know, beginning endlessly and uh, lay down. show you how we do this thing up in funky town from the heart of minnesota here come the purple yoda guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound come on i mean zaire makes good points and i'll get to it he'll say you know the thing that it it seemed like it went back to sort of an old school prince production Mm. and i would say that's true i think musically it's great it's sort of lyrically it's not and similar to something like rainbow children where musically rainbow children is amazing Besides that wedding feast song, it's the the actual production value. That's probably and, the best song the, on the album. Yeah, but about? the wedding the feast shows his sense of humor. Yes, you know. Yes. That was but the, the but the thing is, what I what I say is missing from his last couple albums, and especially this, is that all a lot of his great songs have metaphors. Mm-hmm. Little Red Corvette and When Doves Cry. They're not about doves crying. They're not about <laughs> a car. Right. You know what I mean? It's about you know people or feelings or religion, and that's what makes his lyrics so amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, going back a little Andy history, you know, being around the time of like hitting puberty and stuff, and re-listening to his songs like Little Red Corvette, and be like, oh, that's what he means by Trojans, you know, right. not, not having any idea what right. these songs. Sure, I just got that right. a few years. Yeah, ago. exactly. <laughs> Derek right. got that. Yeah, but but so but like I mean that's a that's a pretty straightforward example. But other yeah. a lot of, especially a lot of the stuff that deal with religion, you know, the deeper meanings right. that you don't get. I think a lot of his music now is missing that sort of yeah. deepness. So what do you think of 2010 lyrically? 
I don't I can't associate with this stuff. I'm I listen and yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, so I as a whole, what I ended up doing is taking the most the most funky, most something I can associate because I like the more funkier prints and going, all right, these are my so lay it down and what's the other track? Um Sticky like glue. Sticky, Sticky like glue. Yeah. I enjoyed that because these were throwbacks to the old funky yeah. stuff and not mm-hmm. even Prince yeah. funky stuff. Just funky in general. But we listen okay. to a song like Sticky Like Glue. Mm-hmm. There are so many classic Prince conventions in this song. The way the the lyric the lyric is delivered. Hmm. 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 Like there's this like build up, collapse. I mean, that's the classic Prince. Wheels go down the bottle in another dream of you all night long. Out. So I'm going to listen to it, but I'm not going to hold in regard as one of my favorite albums or even favorite songs now. So this is actually probably my least listened to Prince mm. album well, next I, to Planet Earth, which was his I, previous. Release. Yeah, I, I guess I want to come back to the thing about before we before I talk about the lyrics, I want to the, the actual production quality, um, right. which I, I think that Prince since Rave mm. has been trying to recapture this classic Minneapolis sound mm. um, and mm-hmm. you know I think he came close in Lotus Flower Minneapolis or MPLS sound mm-hmm. um, but it was it, it didn't didn't he had he's for a long time he's had the instruments he's had the instrumentation but he hasn't had the actual song structure this to me was his really coming back home to his recording conventions mm-hmm. um, and I, that's why I really embraced the, embraced the album mm-hmm. music I mean lyrically yeah, I think you know Prince is living a very comfortable life, mm-hmm. yes. and I think it's true you need for to most. Take his wallet away. Yeah, I mean, I, do, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, think, I, think I don't think the, I think the wallet's that, fit in his pants. I think but. for art in general, for me, the art that's been the most compelling uh, it comes from people who are experiencing some kind of turmoil. Yeah. Um, that forces them to to look within, and some he hasn't of his had best to do music that. Music is based off of. People, experiences, and things that are right. going failed on. Relationships, failed relationships. Failed adventures. E- failed ventures. Even people that he yeah. worked with. Andre Simone. Yeah. You know, all those people that... Wendy and Lisa. All these people that he worked with really helped to influence his sound. And it's all prints, ultimately. Yeah. But their their input, their involvement, the things that were going on, his relationship with, with um, different past relationships of women and stuff like that. All that are, is in there, and I don't feel that. Well, I think it's it's a step closer. To mm-hmm. me, it's we, we we just have that last threshold to cross, the which soul. is the lyrical threshold. The, the soul. The soul. Uh, but uh, he has all the <laughs> sure. pieces in place, mm-hmm. and I so I think the next project. Mm-hmm. I think Minneapolis sound from the Lotus Flower set was a positive sign because mm-hmm. I remember listening to it saying, okay, I, I can hear you. I can hear mm-hmm. you getting yeah. there. I can hear you getting there. You've gone, you moved away from the really, the problem with some of his early production, the beats were clipped. There was no ambiance. There was no, it was just like really plastic sounding and mm-hmm. we moved out of that, mm-hmm. you know? So um, t- 2010, 
took me a little bit closer. Now we not only we got the instrumentation down, mm-hmm. um, but we actually have the the conventions of mm-hmm. song structure. And so maybe you know next the next project mm-hmm. will be you know lyrics. Rich friends doesn't no. really suggest no, that no, to no, me. No. Rich <laughs> friends was a, was a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, to say. Who needs money when you got rich friends? because he's been releasing little songs here and there and nothing has really been, you know, outside of that one song that I still personally feel that he used to diss everybody. I don't really feel like there was anything that he released. What song? Um... Um, I know what you're talking about. The one he released on iTunes. No, yeah, the one. Oh, P Funk. P Funk. Yeah. I love that song. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. And that's because that's a song coming from the heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I'm saying. Really, it was cool. I was mad at us. Yeah. and it came out. It was nice. Yeah, as opposed to his song for the Minnesota Vikings, which oh, oh, yeah, that, that was embarrassing for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. That was embarrassing like, all uh, the way around. Or the Happy Feet song. I like the Happy Feet song. I can't lie. It's all right. It's a good way to end it up. I wouldn't have put it in a movie, but... But, you know, the Vikings thing is a good example. Like, I I feel like Prince has to have enough perspective to know what this is that he's created. I mean, even even He knew that song sucked. Come on now. Yeah, well, when you listen to... And this from the Defender, right? Yeah, 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 you know they're going to hear this and go, well, it sounds kind of weak, like, to an army, a militant person, a football player, you know, an athlete, like, when you see Nike And it's like, if you're going to do that, why are you going to ask Prince to write that song? But I think he did it on his own. I think he just offered it. I mean, I think... And I guess what do you do when you... So you think this is still a sign of his isolation? I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's just being Prince and saying, you know, I'm going to give him this and they're going to live with it. It's like, you know, I don't know. You it know, sounds good like, to me. So Here this is go. part of that old school superstar prince. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I actually think it's a little bit of like his old mentality of yeah. saying, you know, I'm not going to do the concert with all the greatest hits. I'm going to do yeah. what I want to do, yeah. you know, or I'm not going to do the USA for Africa. Right. I'm going to do what right. I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's, I think he's, he's different. You know, what's that, promising but. is um, his interest in these newer artists. We, yeah. we know he, he mm-hmm. he's a fan of Janelle Monet, Esperanza Spaulding. Mm-hmm. Um, the reports on Twitter is that, mm-hmm. you know, Lady Killer was playing backstage at one of right. his shows. That's the mm-hmm. CeeLo uh, That CeeLo album. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm, I, I always hope that he's listening to these artists and hearing what it is people are I responding thought he, I thought to. he doesn't listen to any music when he well, wants that, it. That's <laughs> he true. creates it. Is yeah, that, you know that's that his famous line. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's one of the princesisms yeah. we're going to have to, you know, so, that's like the yeah. internet is dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's, he's, you know, getting from these artists, he's hearing what's working for them because, mm. you know, that's, that is, the, I, I have to say, I, I agree with you guys in terms of the lyrics not speaking to mm. real life experiences. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, that's been something that's been lacking and maybe because his life experience is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, his, he's always had a different ex- life situation right mm-hmm. the context of his life has always been very different than many 
of his people in his audience, but mm-hmm. he's been able to find the universal experience in that. So we mm-hmm. could identify with heartbreak. We can identify with, you know, sorrow. We can identify with love. We can identify with, you know, these kind of universal mm-hmm. experiences. And, mm-hmm. and I hope that he finds a way to bring that back. I mean, I, I think he needs to take some time and, you know, take off all the makeup and, you know, dress like a normal person and really travel the world outside of an entourage like and really like in a homeless deal shelter with, no, seriously, yeah, no, you know, true. deal with, no, I, deal I with people. Um, That's what I'm saying. Know. When you take that away, it's like, I, I used an analogy when we were speaking offline before, uh, Biggie's first album. Yeah. Really brilliant album. Mm-hmm. It spoke to me in so many different right. levels. The next album was good, but just wasn't didn't speak to me like that first right. album. Right. So you look at this and you look at Prince's past history, although we can't associate with everything right. that right. there was those elements. The aspirational. The, yeah. yeah. We had identified yeah. the aspiration. And I think he could possibly get that through collaboration with other artists, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like Prince doesn't really play nice. Yeah. Like he did with the revolution, but I mean, has he really been mm-hmm. collaboration? Like been no, he has. I mean, you're talking about the Angie Stone Angie example. Stone That's right. It's, it's like it's like it would have been Produced. great to he even for them mixes to, their voices down. Yeah, right. and there's well, actually a that was the project. That was the first. Yeah, that was actually project. the first song that Prince sang with somebody that he didn't mix down or sang right. over them. I was right. like, you do a collaborative project with somebody, you do a song, you collaborate you write the right. song with them yeah, you take yeah. their input it's like or he t- like the no doubt one he'll just take it and yeah he just took her yeah he just took her yeah i mean it was yeah. supposed to be the entirety of the band right. and he yeah. wanted to just right. send everyone back on the plane right. and taking gwen right. stefani and saying we record these vocals that yeah. i already sang yeah. mm-hmm. you know if he actually collaborated with CeeLo or yeah. Andre 3000 or Esperanza. I mean, yeah. think about if he did yeah. a collaboration album with Esperanza Spaulding that was completely jazz. It would be amazing. It would. And he could definitely pull that off. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking when you think collaboration, and this was a this was released online only through the music club, was Silver Tongue, mm-hmm. which was this, yeah. you know, this was this project mm-hmm. where um, Nick Acosta... Mm. Um, they had some kind of better challenge and right. and it was she would write right, a poem right. and he would yeah. put it to music and she wrote this poem awesome. about betrayal. Yeah. Right? It was beautiful. And yeah. he captured the essence of that song mm. with his uh performance with the piano and then of course he provided mm. he did the vocal Love me while you watch the If I falter or lose my rhyme You will drop me like a useless dime Cause you ain't no friend of mine No, no She ended up not using it because it didn't fit the sound that she was going with yeah. but that's a perfect example of like a really beautiful song but the lyrics were by Nick Acosta mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. he, he musically can capture that essence yeah. but he does I, I, I would like to see him uh, you know <clears throat> come back to that mm-hmm. and time maybe jazz challenge. is the only kind yeah. of format where he's kind of let that happened to yeah. a little bit of an extent yeah. because there yeah. you let people play the bass or the yeah. keys and improvise yeah. hence the purple rain Mm-hmm. performance in Milan right. which was a the solo you're laughing at me but that yeah, was yeah, he, he, he back the, the, no, the it, emotion that yeah, he yeah, conveyed it's, it's in the instrumentation was yeah. just surpassing anything but that's that what happens when it becomes something where it's not pre-programmed it's off the cuff yeah. I make this argument with I love movies 
CGI is overdone in movies, especially sci-fi and stuff like that. Movies are overdone. Prince, his creations are overdone. There has to be a point where he steps back and says, all right, you can sing this track or you can do this bass line. I'm not going to do all this stuff up front because he's cheating himself at the same time. But isn't that part of the appeal that... I mean, one of the things I remember being proud of as a Prince fan is when you could pick up the album and see performed, written, composed, arranged, produced by Prince. When you're 21 years old, yeah. He's 50 years old. This is 25 years later. I think, you know, I I, I don't know. I can't speak for Prince, but Mm -hmm. I, I, as a fan, Mm -hmm. I have this fear that he would do some kind of, like, you know, people want to let, people want to want him to let somebody else produce Mm -hmm. them or would he do these collaborations? And then that album becomes a super big hit and people say, see, your man lost it. The only reason why he got it is because, you know, (laughs) such and such, Tim or Rick Rubin or whoever the hell people the latest producer of the day people no, want to produce, produce your album no but you that's have your I think that no, because you, you I look think at that like, I want Prince to make it on his own I don't care oh, if we yeah. have to endure you know <laughs> you know 10 more you <laughs> know Lotus Lotus, 10 more 10 more, <laughs> you know, 10 more Bria Valentes which actually oh, was a man. great produced the album, album yeah. oh. with great songs with so a horrible vocalist with a Shante Moore wannabe So I well, think yeah, that I don't he, think any, yeah, I don't think there's any point in I mean, doing like a cheesy collaboration. Oh no, it, like, it doesn't work. I mean, if yeah. Quincy Jones just re-released an album where people cover his, uh, and most of them are extremely bad. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of highlights in there, but hmm. bad all around. You know, it just doesn't work when people. You know, do. you know what a good example. But if it's collaboration, yeah, where yeah. it works is is Santana, which I think. Because it was still Clive Davis, mm. I think Rave was almost supposed to be. It was, you know, it his was supernatural, and it didn't work out that way. But you have Santana, who classic artist has amazing songs mm-hmm. like Magic Woman, Oyakumava. He's got mm-hmm. classic songs from thirty years ago. Mm. You know, he, he's an artist. He performs. I've seen him open for people. All of a sudden, Supernatural hits, and he blows up again. And it's mm-hmm. because he collaborated. He actually collaborated with all these artists. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Supernatural. Each song is so different from the one mm-hmm. after or before because of his collaboration. That's something that Prince could do is open mm-hmm. himself up to all these. So you don't and that's so. I'm, I'm cringing. I'm cringing. I would because love it. I, that's in, what in I'm that Santana for. project, yeah. Santana pretty mm-hmm. much confines himself yeah. to guitar playing. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't want an album where mm-hmm. Prince is a guest. Mm-hmm. No, I, it, I, I, I don't. I don't have, think it would work. It doesn't have I don't to think be it that way, work. but no, it I, should be I, somewhere I, where look, he takes Prince. Well, I don't care goes, if the next five <laughs> albums suck. I just want it all Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want him to concede a little bit, so mm-hmm. that he does do a collaboration when he does work with somebody else. He does get the input because also he's going to learn from this. Yeah. His experience, like going back to what I was saying before. Wendy and Lisa, Andre Simone, working with these people, he 
walked away with something. You know, how many times have they said, well, we were doing, we were jamming and we were doing this mm-hmm. and the next day Prince made this a song. Mm-hmm. Though mm-hmm. These are his inspirations. But and it was if he all allows... under, under con- Prince's control. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and these think, were, they uh, were jam sessions. Yeah, they were yeah. messing around. There were so many yeah, times. Yeah. But that inspired him to do this or yeah. write this song or whatever you know so i would like to see him work with somebody that's out there i don't want i really don't want him to there's no puffy stuff there's there's not yeah. that's not what i want to see i want him to work with let's say he worked with janelle or esperanda or even did something else with uh, stevie wonder well we know he jammed with janelle we know when Janelle mm-hmm. Monet was in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. um, she went to Paisley Park, and they did something. We don't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. what, you know, this was probably, this is all the kind of vault mystique, uh-huh. but we know that they did something. So hopefully, you know, those are the kinds of things that inspire him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do yeah. agree. I, I need to hear more inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, I think we disagree on where it should come mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think, and I think a, a lot wow. of his <laughs> collaborations haven't been true collaborations. Like, for yeah. instance... I think it was uh, the romance song, Greatest Romance Ever Greatest Sold. Romance. Yeah. There was remixes. I think there was a remix right. with Q-Tip and yeah. Pharrell the Williams. The Neptunes. Neptunes. Yeah. And I remember Horrible. I met... It was awful. And I remember meeting Pharrell at like a signing and saying to him, you know, because I like their first album. Right. Their NERD album's great. And saying to him, what was it like in working with Prince? He's like, well, I don't know. I didn't actually work with him. <laughs> right. He he mailed me a file. I produced it. I mailed it back. It went on the album. And I'm like, well, that's not yeah. collaboration. Yeah. That wasn't a Prince Neptune yeah. thing. That was some random thing that wanted being a piece right. of garbage at the end of the right. day. Mm-hmm. You had two great artists. Right. Um, right. And it was garbage. There was no input. There was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. There was no collaboration there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's never had good... I mean, the remixes, uh, the, the, the best remixes is when Prince does them himself. Yeah, I mean, course. I think the William Orbit remixes of, of The Future and Electric Chair mm-hmm. are an exception. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. during the, the late 80s, he had that wave of Shep Pettibone mixes, yeah. which were, like, kind of horrible. Really bad. Uh, and then, then the, 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 what was it, the, the, what was the guy that did the, the early 90s remixes? Um, KC something. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just like these real like electronica type yeah, things. Yeah. They were just as bad. Mm. So Yeah, I, f- I kind of feel like it's a bit of a moot point too. I feel like Prince is not going to change that much yeah. and all of a sudden do a big collaboration mm. 50-50. I feel like... I'm still waiting for the gu- that do. guitar album. That I don't really feel. Oh, yeah. like, I don't really feel Lotus like Lotus Flower was good though. It was good. Well, I don't think that's the... Dreamer. Dreamer, Colonized Mind. Um, Wall was, of Berlin. Yeah. There were really good tracks there on there. Tracks. I think. Yeah, I don't think, I think that was that, a guitar that, album. I think yeah. that that album got lost in a really horrible packaging, mm-hmm. an even worse internet endeavor, which hopefully um, we can address at some future time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that that album unfortunately got lost in in that. Uh, Lotus Flower. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and surprisingly, you know, I think Target dropped its price to like ninety nine cents. Yeah, that's what Dark was saying. Like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, dollar ninety nine, and so it was like on Billboard for like most of this year, up to like you know a couple of years, wow. ago, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was yeah. still for on a whole year. It only price. sold its initial hundred thousand. I forget what the number was. Yeah, and then flatlined straight after that. There was no yeah. promotion. Nothing went on with this. The album sat on the shelves. Right. Well, it, it and could then have they finally just dropped you know, it to a dollar ninety nine. Maybe, maybe, if, maybe yeah. if Bria started touring and. 
performing. <laughs> I think that means there's a lot of this like, is like the Tamar Tory. <laughs> Uh, I think it means there's a lot of Prince fans out there that yeah. they shop at Target and they're like, oh, I, re- I remember Prince. I'll try. Prince it's three albums. I don't want to buy the it's two right. albums, right. but yeah, now that right. it's two bucks, it's, let yeah. me just pick it up. Yeah. This is not about... The record companies are not interested about long-term artist cultivation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's not interested in long-term relationships no. either. He mm-hmm. never has been in any sector of his life. You know, yeah. he yeah. treats these record companies like his girlfriends. Bria, watch out. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> right, right. She's, she's hanging on for you know yeah, a while. The, props, hanging on to the tambourine. Props, right? to, yeah. Props <laughs> yeah. to her for her steadfast. And now a word from our resident angry prince fan, Rich Kraheli. Yo, I'm Rich. I'm psyched that my NPNY boys are talking about music. It's one of the great things about being a Prince enthusiast and why I got myself invested in the fan community to begin with. But about that community, I have a few not-so-nice words. See, in the last five years or so, I've pulled myself out from all those message boards and chats centered around Prince, and it's mostly because I wanted to stay away from the rabid fanatics who simply love Prince a bit too deeply. I'm talking about the folks that quote Prince in almost anything they say or have social networking profile icons that are of Prince, for example, and won't listen to anything that is not remotely related to Minneapolis sound. I think you know who I'm talking about. There's a whole bunch of these guys. Anyway, I've also pulled out because it's a fairly demanding job to stay on top of all the news, rumors, CD variations, and all the hoopla that goes along with it. It's just too much. I've really just been focused on the best part about being a Prince fan, and to me, that is having pretty much annual releases of new music. See, I'm pleased with 2010 and most of the recent works, and I look forward to all the new stuff that keeps coming. But thanks to this very colorful community, I do catch wind of news and rumors here and there that bring back all the frustrations of being part of it. So here's my message to those Prince fans. Enjoy the music while it's still being put out. Have nice healthy discussions just like my NPNY boys. And have fun, lose the drama. Seriously, it doesn't matter who Prince is with, what venue he's canceling, or what he's wearing or saying in the news, it just doesn't matter. That said, I hope you guys have a safe and fun holiday, and we'll see you in 2011. Forever always, Rich. And that does it for our second podcast. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can email us at radio at npny.org, or visit us on the web at npny.org. Remember to join us next time for our fully detailed special report on Prince's Welcome to America tour. Until next time, happy holidays and happy new year from all of us at NPNY Radio.